This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. My name is Chris Filler. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. Hello. My name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army podcast. Where is Morgan's Bar? Which is the, it's in the I, lane I next to what's that? I know it's not called Circle Bar anymore. I can't remember. No, I don't know what it's Lux called. Now. Lux. It's next. It's pretty oh. much next door. To, next door to Lux, pretty much. Uh, it's the one that used to be. I think it was. Was it? Mo- Molly's Speakeasy or something. It was, it, yeah, yeah. It was a flash in the pan kind of bar for yeah, a while. Yeah, that was really kind of brief, wasn't it? That was brief. Yeah, that was brief. It was one of those ones where so there's a guy called Seth who used yeah. to own Circle Bar, um, and Seth owned for a little bit of time or had the lease on. He didn't own it. Sorry, had the lease on. Yeah. The, the two, like, um, what is now Morgan's Bar, what used to be Sally's Speakeasy. Now, he was yeah. happier with those units being empty than he was to hand them over to Seb at Open Mind and let Seb yeah. knock the wall through and extend yeah. Open Mind through that way, because that was the plan. The plan was for Seb to extend Open Mind yeah. through that way. Um, but because of Seth having the lease, he never had the opportunity to, to knock through. And uh, now, obviously, Seth's gone, and yeah. uh, Morg- Morgan's Bar's moving into that space. But yeah. there's a space right next door to it as well. I don't remember. There's another space, like literally next door to yeah. it. And then you, obviously, you've got Outrageous, which no one's doing anything with as well. Mm. But I'm pretty sure that's still owned by yeah. um, Dan Russell because it has posters from his businesses inside the windows. Uh, so yeah. I assume I assume he's still using it to at least put posters up in the windows for like the sauce and stuff like that. I assume. Uh, I assume. Mm. But that that whole lane, like, you know, a little bit of investment, that could look fantastic, that lane. That whole lane could really have a bit of like nightlife spirit to it. Like a Yeah. They just recently tidied it up, didn't they? Like the roof or something. Uh, yeah, bits were, bits were falling off of that, weren't they? They had the big old net yeah. up on the roof. But yeah, yeah obviously, because Circle Bar took a tank and now Lux is in there. So that's going to be a little bit of a thing to wait and to see if that comes off the ground. You've got those like old tanning studios, nail salons and stuff along that side. And obviously, like I said, you've got the fact that Outrageous isn't open anymore. Mm. You know, you could, do, you could do a lot in that lane. You could do a lot yeah. in that lane. 
Um, and the meantime seems to be doing pretty well as well. Shout out for the meantime. Their food is delicious. Yes. Yeah. And our, um, have they, that, is, is that just permanent now? Because they were going to move into organised or somehow it was organised for them to have like the lease of that really cheap or they got like um, something on the rates or something because they were all set to move in next door to, you know, um, Central Plaza and it got demolished and they had to cordon off that whole street. Oh, right. Okay. I, I wasn't aware of that. No, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Being thing. That's still a good thing. They've, 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 they've that's redone why the upstairs the as well. Ah, right. Well, were, okay. That's why it's called like, in the meantime. I think they were like a week away from opening. I can't remember what they were going to call the bar. Oh, um, it's something to do with the walls because it's like near like West Walls kind of area. I think it was mm-hmm. like, you know, I think it was going to be called uh, Within the Walls or something. Or was that the okay. name of the... Or was that the name of the street festival that they had? Um, but yeah, it was going to be, I think it was going to be called Within the Walls and they were like a week away from opening or something when the council had to close off that entire section and, and they kind of like scuppered them. So some kind of deal was done where they um, were able to, to, to get into that building and open in the meantime. Um, but yeah. it's been a while now. Um, I can't I can't remember what building they were they were about to move into. So I don't know. I think maybe they've kind of like decided, oh, no, I will just stay here. Well, you know, if the rates are cheap enough and, the, and they're making enough money and it's only going to yeah. be able to expense to get another redeck done or whatever, then it may as well. And um, I mean... See, the thing with the Carlisle food scene is at the moment, and I don't want to sound disrespectful or anything yeah. like that, but it's like it's very Scooby Doo chase scene. It's very much <laughs> everything's a bit similar. Do you know what I mean? Everything's yeah. a bit similar. It's like Italian, yeah, Italian, Indian, and then what well, I don't know what you call it really, like gastro pub food. That seems yeah. to be the big dominator. That seems to be yeah, the big dominator in Carlisle. Yeah, there's a few Thai restaurants, but don't, the, the majority of places are sort of like they'll do they'll do a bit of everything kind of places. Yeah. So you've got like that your Coco Mills, your Last Zebras, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, go on, much, sorry. Because they had yeah, Van Leer up Empire. But, yeah. Um, so like, if if why why are they just doing the same menu in like five different locations? Yeah, but then like um, Luke Jarman uh, the other week. Um, so like you know, obviously he's from London. Right. Um, and 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 he lives in Penrith, so he's used to is he's, he's used to like the small market town scene. He's not really used to kind of like Carlisle small city scene and what to expect from it. So mm. like you know, uh, we were gonna go for summer to eat on a weekday, um, after his work, back before Christmas, and it's like um, there's a Turkish restaurant. Other than, yeah, there's a Turkish place on the corner near where he works. Um, he's always been going on about Alexandros, but he didn't like realize at the time that you know these are restaurants, uh, formal. You know, you you have to go in and wait to be seated, and it's table service because you know we were just thinking <laughs> let's go for a bite to eat after work. And uh, in the past, we normally go to just like the Griffin or somewhere because you can right. because you can just go in, sit down, place an order, get some drinks. Um, So, yeah, like, in Carlisle, there's not many 
restaurants that aren't formal. You know, there's not many places you can eat that aren't kind of formal restaurants. Yeah, and, I know you said other than, other than couldn't get in, places. We, yeah, and we couldn't get in anyway, which is another thing with them. Um, like, I, I went and had a look at the Turkish restaurants and like, I had rammed in there. It was just before Christmas. I think there was a couple of Christmas pies. In there. And we ended up going to Brewdog. We had a good time. But yeah, you just kind of like, uh, well, we kind of like uh, discussed on the way down that like, um, like what Brewdog is, where where they do food, but it's informal. You know, you don't need to book a table. You know, yeah. you don't go in and wait to be seated and stuff. You just go in, find a table, and then go to the bar and say, I want this. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably a lot more common there. in Well, in London and in big cities generally. So, like, he just kind of, like, assumed that, oh, there's a Turkish bar or Turkish restaurant, there's a Greek restaurant. He kind of assumed that that would be kind of like, we'll just go in, walk up to the bar, say, oh, can I have a sublaki? And uh, and then go and find a table. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, charging, we're charging £13 for a kebab that you can get for four quid down the road. You're sitting down, you're enjoying the ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, I mean, you know, maybe maybe the Carlisle food scene is its own podcast, and maybe we need a podcast just to talk about the Carlisle food scene. Maybe like once a month Podcasts or something. But coming out of your ears. Which that's it, man. I've I've got so many podcast ideas and not yeah. enough time to record yeah. them all. But people aren't here. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people aren't probably, here for us. They'll probably talk about yeah. the food scene. Yeah, I think we're I think we're agreeing with each other, even though we're talking over yeah. each other. <laughs> I was saying we should we should probably we should probably get on with this podcast or I might have to end up skipping lunch. That's it, man. We can't have that. And that's more food talk as well. So just before we rear back down yeah. that alleyway, we'll go away from that, mate. We'll get things started. <laughs> we'll get yeah. things started. Although I did enjoy that. That was a nice little pre-ramble. A bit longer yeah, yeah. than normal. Can't remember how we got onto it. I don't think I, I can't remember either, but um, a bit of a teaser trailer for a, for a food <laughs> podcast we might do. Oh, yeah, in, you've been recording uh, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know for a fact that you know for a fact I won't be asked editing it later. Like, yeah. at what point did you start recording it? <laughs> uh, mate, we've been going, we've been going for about four minutes now. <laughs> yeah. I, feel like, I, feel, I feel like you missed all the preamble about um, the bars in the lanes, but. Um... Oh no! I think I got that. I think I got that. Uh, I think I got that. I think I, uh, I think I started uh, when we were on that little curve, and then it, I was thinking this will be an easy little preamble. People can relate like, to. Yeah. And then we've been going. We've been going for about five minutes now, and yeah. I've still not said all right matter. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say all right matter then. All right, Maras, how's it going? And welcome back to this. The Blue Army Podcast. It is episode 52, and you should have already guessed by now. Well, I suppose you might not have guessed by now. If you've not listened before, we've got new listeners coming all the time, buddy, apparently. Uh, This week's guest is none other than mine and your favourite. Wills is here. Say hello, Wills. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Hello. I mean, most people... Most people would have already guessed it was going to be you. We've had quite a long extended preamble there. And uh, so there's no point in hanging around. We'll just crack straight on with things. And um, if you're a regular listener to the Blue Army podcast, you'll know you're in for a treat right now because it is time for the Blue Army podcast. 
Joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army Podcast. Joke of the week. Get in. Right. I don't know what I'm going to do after this week, mate, because these are the three <laughs> jokes I've been teasing for a while. And this well, is the last have to one. Look jokes up again. <laughs> I am. I'm going to have to start looking for new jokes. But this is the one I've been saving. So, I mean, hopefully it doesn't let me down. Okay, what do you yeah. call a dog magician? Oh, I don't know. What do you call a dog magician? A labracadabra dog. <laughs> hey! We love that. We love that. We love that. Right. I don't know what I'm going to do next week. The jokes might take a bit of a nosedive, but we'll still be doing them. Because it's not about if they're funny or not. It's just about you've got a week to find a good joke, man. I've got a full. I've got a full week to to, yeah. to do a, to find a joke. But I'll tell you what, we've gotten onto this habit of doing jokes in the style of question, yeah, funny yeah. answer, and then like because well, probably because I'm probably because I'm crap at telling any other kind of joke. Kind of like mix mix it up a little bit. Look for other types of jokes. I said, my wife, my wife, my wife. <laughs> oh, no, the mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> take my, take my wife, take my wife. No, literally, take her, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where we end up next week. Those are those are blue jokes. Like told me where Dawson and Groucho Marx. <laughs> there's a bit of a blue joke someone told me at work but there's a clean version of the same joke yeah. i might give it a go i might give it a go next week but blue jokes don't exactly go down well with me i'm not i'm not too good at telling jokes so i mean we'll see how we get on we'll see how we get on right let's crack on with things so that means we're going to push through and uh, tell you the listeners and tell will what you've got to look forward to during this week's podcast time for your roundup. So we'll be opening things up by talking uh, through uh, the Carlisle's most recent pair of matches. We had a midweek clash against Hartlepool, which Wills was in attendance for. And he'll give us a little bit of a match report and his feelings about the Hartlepool game and then we'll push through and we'll have a double header of match crack as we'll talk about Carlisle United's unfortunate 3-0 defeat to runaway league leaders Forest Green Rovers before we take a little bit of a look at your reaction the listeners and see what you had to say about Carlisle's results against Forest Green Rovers. Then we'll push on to talk about next weekend's opponents, or at the time of recording, this weekend's opponents, which is Sutton United. They're having a bit of a uh, uh, surprising season. A lot of pundits wouldn't have expected them to be flying quite as high as they are. Then we'll push on to do a bit of a news roundup. There's transfer news in there. There's uh, ex-Blue players news in there. And there's um, just, just just some general interesting crack for any Carlisle United fan. But first, mate, the new tradition that we have here on the Blue Army podcast, it's time for the birthdays. Let's take Yay. a walk down Nostalgia Avenue. Right, the first birthday this week is Paul Bertine and he's 43 this week former Carlisle United defender and another former Carlisle United defender Mark Winstanley 
is 50 Ooh. for this week. So that's one for some of the older listeners out there. Well, a pair for some of the older listeners out yeah. there. Uh, <clears throat> next on the list is 33 years of age, still playing, I believe, for Stoke City, former loan defender James Chester. May what a brick at the back. What a brick James Chester was, right? Mm. Yeah, 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 definitely. It was um, there was like a little period where we did get a few decent loanees in. Um, James Chester stood out. I don't know if he was here the same time as Ben Marshall was, um, but yeah, it was. And you know, went on to have a good career as well. So, yeah, from memories. He was a good player, mate. I, I, I rated him quite highly. I think he was on loan from Man United at the time we got brought over. Uh, he was about nine. Team, I think, and yeah, it was just he stood out for me as a top player. But he is one of those players that makes me feel old, if you know what I mean, because he was a teenager when he was with us, and now he's in the back nine of his yeah. career. Uh, very similar age to myself as well. Um, another ex Lordy and only a young fish is 22 year old Connor Simpson. Um, he was on loan from Preston, I believe, and has since done okay. Still trying to push himself into that Preston starting lineup. Now we have another birthday. Happy 31st birthday to currently injured but current Carlisle United player, Kelvin. Meller. Mate, Kelvin Meller is a player that I've been impressed with since he signed on the dotted line. Uh, he's quite consistent mm-hmm. with his performances. He's been one of the better players for us. I think he was one of the uh, defenders that stood out, uh, being able to sort of like whip the rest of them back into shape. In his early performances for Carlisle United, I think I took note of the fact that he's quite a vocal player on the pitch, and I think that's really helped. Uh, with the Carlisle United defence getting organised more this season. If you had to give Kelvin Meller a grade out of 10 for his sort of a summer signing, shall we say, um, what would you give it as a signing? Uh, I'd give him a solid seven. Mm. Yeah. Um, You know, just for the reasons that you say, you know, he's kind of come in, he's done well defensively. Um, and there's not really much more you can ask than that. Yeah, I feel like he's, 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 he's a solid player. He'll keep pushing forward um, with us. And I think he, he's probably due another year. Uh, I don't think Joel Senior is going to be ready by the end of this season. Uh, I don't think there's many a better uh, right-back option out there at the moment. So I'd be quite happy signing Meller up for another year. What about you? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, um, we, we've got Mella and Senior as our right-back options. Um, Senior's obviously been signed, um, you know, with an eye towards next season as well. Um, I think he's, you know, he's, he's contracted to next season. Perfectly happy with those being the same two in a hopefully more competitive squad next season and um, see how senior does obviously hasn't sort of like had much game time with us yet so still yet to see whether he's going to be the next george tanner but um yeah <laughs> yeah i mean um, yeah exactly yeah um certainly left back sorry right back even i'm not seeing it as a priority in the summer if we've got those two yeah, yeah, exactly. I it's sort of like what keeps everything 
in order, in a way, it makes right back a position we don't really yeah. have to worry about. And the last two birthdays that we have is former Lonies, Matt Young and Kenneth Carroll. Do you remember Kenneth Carroll? I remember him getting sent off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got sent off against his former club in a match that the, um, I think it's Swindon, that the Swindon fans said, Kenneth Carroll will get sent off, and lo, he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, not not a lot to not a lot to note from from either of the two pair there. But that's not the point. The point is happy birthday, happy birthday to all of the ex Blues that celebrated a birthday this week. And with that, that is the end of our birthday segment, right, mate? Um, last week we were both intending on going to Carlisle versus Hartlepool, but silly me decided to order some food and the food delivery was late, which made me late for the game. And then by that point, my missus was like, are you going to go to the football now? Are you going to spend another 20 quid now? If you think it's a bit late, it's a bit silly, isn't it? Leaving now. So I didn't bother um, and I didn't go. But Wills, you went to Carlisle versus Hartlepool. And before yeah. you give us your thoughts on the nil-nil Draw. I'm going to go through the Carlisle United starting lineup for their game against Hartlepool because we stick to tradition around yeah. here. And talking about sticking to tradition, you might have a case of deja vu once again with this Carlisle United lineup. We had Mark Howard in goal with Mella, Feeney, McDonald, and Armour in the midfield, Dickinson, Guy, Mellish, and Gibson in the midfield. And the only change was Patrick coming on. Into the midfield, uh, into the into the attack with Ottomay, with Whelan dropping to the bench, and Mellish being pushed back into mm. the midfield. Now, was that the right decision in your opinion? Because Whelan, for me, has been a consistently good performer in that midfield role for Carlisle United, and when you put Mellish into that midfield role, I mean. I mean, Beach was trying that in the early part of the season and it didn't seem to go very well for Beach. So um, what, did, what did you think of the starting lineup being slightly changed from the last game? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I would have preferred to see Whelan in there. Um, I probably don't need to um, have views on Mellish again. Don't want to be too critical of him. But, yeah. you know, like I say, like, some players are defenders, some are midfielders, some are attackers. John Mellish is just John Mellish. There's a time and a place for him, but um, it's just difficult finding that time and place. And, you know, sometimes sometimes it goes right. And, you know, you obviously went right for Beach a lot, um, parts of last season. Uh, but also sometimes he, he can just be a passenger if he's in a role because he's not, hundred percent any particular role yeah in the midfield as a part of a midfield yeah. two is not necessarily 
a strong established midfielder. And if he's yeah. not in, in the game as much, he is an emotional player and he'll throw himself into the game, which means he can pick up a yellow card or, you know, he starts being cheeky with referees. We've all seen it happen. He picks up silly yellow cards in games that he gets frustrated yeah. with. Now, last season under Beach, when he was playing in a more of a midfield role, it was more with a midfield free and he had Riley and Guy and they kind of gave Mellish the freedom just to sort of go wherever he wanted in, in the middle of the park uh, yeah. to, to, a, to a certain extent. But when you're a part of a midfield two and, you know, you've got a shaky defence, then you do need to have a bit more, what's the word for it, discipline, maybe, when it yeah. comes to your position on the pitch and a definite role. And Mellish looked a little bit lost in, in this yeah. game, unfortunately. It'd be interesting um, to know the... Um... You know how you know how things uh, go between a manager and a player when the manager wants the player to switch roles. Um, Mellish, obviously, when he was moved into midfield and um, towards the back end of the um, the cancelled season, um, he kind of like went there enthusiastically and just wants to play, and he wasn't a first choice at the back. Um, and then, as we kind of like Beach wanted to you know, turn him into a midfielder and built him up. Um, you can kind of criticise Mellish for perhaps not really fully becoming, you know, learning the entirety of the midfield art, um, but maybe Mellish can be a bit frustrated that he spent his youth career and everything learning to be a defender, then ends up as a midfielder. And, you know, what's the dynamic like is, is Mellish frustrated that he has had to change roles? Um, obviously, some players will just say no, maybe. And, you know, you've maybe got the option to say, I don't want to. Uh, it might it might cause you to fall out with your manager, but um, might end up with you leaving the club and going somewhere where you can continue to play in your preferred role. Um, Mellish solves, you know obviously went along with the idea of going to midfield, but doesn't seem to have really helped his career all that much. It's certainly got him it's got him some attention because he has that goal scoring ability and it kind of catches the eye because he's quite different as a midfielder, even more different as a striker. And you know, people often comment on things like that. Um be interesting to know like if you ever get you know a, an ex-pro interview with somebody who has, in the past, for Carlisle, been switched to a different position, if kind of like they have any kind of views on on that, like what's it like, you know, the manager come up and say, I want you to be a midfielder now, and, you know, what if you say no, well, you know, all that kind of thing. There was, a, there was a little bit of that and when I spoke to Jason Price, the old Afro mm. goal machine. He, he spoke about going from being a right winger to more of uh, an, an attacker, a striker. Yeah. And obviously, we, like we spoke Thierry a little Henry. bit about the fact that as, as a winger, you, yeah, like Thierry Henry, yeah, like the Welsh Thierry <laughs> Henry, you'll love that. Um, as, as a winger, you get the ball into your feet and you've got enough space, mm. nine times out of ten, turn around and face your fullback and run at him with the ball. Yeah. As an attacker, you attack with your back to goal. When you're playing in that central position, it's yeah. a lot harder to run down defences because they don't give you the opportunity on the ball in the first place. So it can take some strikers yeah. a couple of seasons to 
get the experience to figure out how to play with your back to goal, how to get from this way to that way. What's the most yeah. effective way to turn a defender? Is it yeah. running in behind? Is it taking the ball into feet? Is it doing one, two touches? Or It's a case of building up your arsenal so you can obviously you know, play with your back to goal rather than the other way around, which you'd be used to as a winger. Yeah. Now, when you, when you, maybe when we're talking about going from a midfield position uh, defensively into a midfield position, um, John Bellish doesn't look like a classic centre-back. He doesn't. Um, he looks yeah. more like a Morgan, a Morgan Feeney type. Maybe yeah. um, he's not a big meathead. Uh, yeah, he's got an attitude which you need to have to play in defence because you're going to be getting rattled all game long. But as far as uh, as 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 uh, a good tackling, I've never really seen it from Mellish, yeah. in, even in I the mean, midfield. Uh, he, he, uh, he's good at interceptions. That seems to be yeah. his way. He can win the ball back based on interceptions, but it's yeah. not really because he's he's chasing players down and he's yeah, making well, he, good tackles. It was it was a left back at one point. I can't remember was he a left back before he was a centre back or was he a centre back before he was a left back? I, I know he definitely he played quite a lot for us at left back um in his first season with us. Um I can't remember who we had to set up. Did we have um who did we have a centre back in that season? Which was it, it was the co- it was the COVID cancelled season. So uh, the season Presley was, started. Was that the year after Gerard or the year before Gerard? Anthony Gerard. It was the year after Gerard because yeah, the year was, after Gerard. Uh, yeah, Stephen Presley was the manager, and then um, got sacked, and Beach came in, and. Uh, I'll tell you what, you carry on talking. If you if, if you come back to me and um, I have the answer, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, unfortunately for me, I, I'm starting to lose a little bit of patience with, with John Mellish. If you're not going to give him that consistency and, and put him in a certain position, um, he, he is very popular with the fans. So he, he does often, if you go to the games... Yeah. The fans back him, and he only needs to do about like one thing. I'll get that. Um, he only needs to do about one thing to get the fans behind him, and it's like super Johnny Mellish. It's like mate, he <laughs> just, all he did is track back. All he's done is track yeah. back and made, made a half decent slide tackle. But it's like he gets you know the fans. The fans are there for him. What's that? Um, on, yeah, it was, it was Hayden and Webster. Oh, were they the two centre backing yeah. pairings? Yeah, it's Webster and Knight Percival, and then um, sort of after Beach came in, Knight Percival kind of lost his place, and Hayden started playing um, Branthwaite at right back until he left. Um, yeah, I was and... going to say Branthwaite was in that little cheeky period. Yeah, 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 and then obviously Mark Ellis was sort of in and out before he was sort of on his way to Yeovil. Mark Ellis. Uh, Hunt, Hunt, Max Hunt. Yeah, Max yeah, Hunt. Max Hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah Max, Max, Hunt. Max Hunt was in and out the team a little bit before he sort of like got sh- got shocked over. But yeah, yeah um... and Jack Iredale and Christy Elliott were in the team as well, but um, they kind of like lost their places. Um, mm. Well, well, Christy Elliott went in January, didn't he? Um, I think Jack Iredale still played from time to time at left back, but I think Mellish played at left back a lot at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. We we do keep coming back to Mellish, but he does seem to be a standout player on the pitch when he does play, and he's one of the least consistent players in the starting lineup. You can have a good game, a bad game, a good game, bad game, bad game, bad game. He seems to be on a little mm. bit of a run 
of inconsistent uh, of, of not playing too great at the moment, not having too much of an impact on the games themselves. And um, I mean, you just have to see where it goes. I'd like to see Zach Clough brought into that midfield role, but apparently he's not interested in playing in the midfield. He wants to play up front. So that's another sort of like headache to, to deal with. Uh, Carl United have added defensive options this week, which means that Whelan might be able to sort of be more registered as a midfield player now rather mm-hmm. than a, a centre-back covering but mm-hmm. we'll come to that when we come to it. Mate, the result itself, a nil-nil draw. Um, if you look at the stats, Carlisle had so many shots, so many shots, nearly three times more shots than Hartlepool had. Um, but it's the tail of our season, isn't it? It doesn't matter how many shots we get off a goal. Nothing's going in. And it's the, the, the best opportunities that we're getting are hitting the post from 30 yards out. We're not working the ball into the box. There's no progress being made with us being able to work the ball into the box. Now, like I've already mentioned, Will, you were there at the game. So you have a lot better um, and maybe an analysis of the situation than I did. Um, On paper, obviously, nil-nil sounds like an even contest. But when you read through the stats, it looks like Carlisle... You know, we're really trying to win the game and Hartlepool were just trying to hold us back a bit. Was that what happened in front of you? Um, it No, it looked a lot more even on the pitch than the stats suggest, which um, it didn't... <clears throat> let's say um, we've got 17 shots and six on target. Didn't feel like we had that many. Um, Hartlepool had quite a bit more possession, so there was quite a lot of Hartlepool on the ball and us kind of backing off a bit. And then... Both teams did have kind of um, a couple of decent chances each, like actual, like, you know, that I would call actual good chances. Um, We hit the bar once, Hartlepool hit the bar once, both kind of shots from range. Um, The both times, uh, sorry, both teams um, had uh, one kind of like a bit of a scramble in the box that they couldn't get away. um, And, it might be that because sometimes you see that and it doesn't actually even result in a shot. I can't I can't exactly remember. Neither of those chances appeared on the highlights, even though in my head that, that was the big chance to score. I think but I think maybe it kind of like it doesn't result in a shot because Hartlepool hack it away. Um yeah, but other than that, it was a fairly dull game. Um as I say, just Hartlepool passing it around mostly in midfield um, or was waiting for them to come forward before tackling them. Um, and, yeah, just a all-in-all classic kind of stalemate. It was in added time that um, uh, Hartlepool forced a save out of Howard, one of their best chances. So, Yeah. The cruel mistress of football, though, it would be just the way for them to have got a goal in the last minute after uh, Carlisle seemingly yeah. dominated <clears throat> most of the game. Now, Hartlepool started the season very, very well. Um, they, they got off to a little bit of a flyer and have since started to stutter a bit. There's only two points between Carlisle yeah. and Hartlepool as things stand. And when you consider that we were looking like you know relegation fodder for a, quite a while, um, Hartlepool have fallen away a bit. And so the only thing I can really hope about that is that Hartlepool get a bit of second season syndrome next season and end up going down 
next year. But we'll see how things sort of pan out for the monkey yeah. hangers. Um, <clears throat> and it is nice to have rivals in the league. So I don't really want Barrow yeah. or Hartlepool to go anywhere. But we'll just see how the league pans out. Mate, nil-nil, pretty fair result then from what you're saying, yeah. uh, from what you saw on the day. But like we always try and do, uh, we like to give a Foxy's feature man of the match. We don't normally do it for midweek games, but since you were actually there, we'll just go ahead and do it, mate. Was there a certain player that stood out for you on the day to give your man of the match to? Um, I'm going to give me man of the match to Howard because, you know, more than anyone did something to affect the scoreline, i.e. keep a clean sheet, pulled off a good save towards the end. He was... You know, he was decent in the game, um, you know, dominated his area. I think we did we did well defensively overall. Um, and Jack Armour had a decent game as well. Um, so did Hartlepool. So both teams were kind of quite good defensively. Um, the further forward you go, well, I mean, Patrick and Omatoi didn't really get much to do, especially Omatoi. Um Dickinson again, he was decent because he, I mean, gave him man of the match the game before. Um, he was the one who hit the crossbar again, speculative effort. So, I don't want to give him too many points for having a go for outside the area, though it's nice to see. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it to Mark Howard. Mark Howard, fair dues. There you go, Mark. He's starting to tally up a few this season. Yeah. I will push you a few clean top. sheets. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, he's deservedly picking up his uh, his Man of the Match awards then. Right, so uh, we'll, we'll kick on, mate, and uh, we'll move on towards our second match crack portion of the podcast. And uh, as I always do, I'll give you the starting lineup for Carlisle United's game against Forest Green Rovers. There's only one change, see if you can spot it. We had Mark Howard in goal with Senior, Feeney, McDonald and Armour at the back, Dickinson, Guy, Mellish and Gibson in the midfield with Patrick and Otomei playing up front again. Now, mate, you said just recently, just there, you said yeah. Patrick and Otomei didn't really seem to link up incredibly well in the last game against Hartlepool. So were you maybe a little bit surprised to see the same pairing starting in the next game against Forest Green Rovers? Um not really. I'd still gone with them. I mean, I didn't say they didn't link up very well. They just didn't get much of the ball. And, you know, the ball didn't spend much time in the attack. Despite the number of shots that he shows that we took against Hartlepool, it wasn't a, it wasn't a game for the attackers. Hmm. See, I, this would have been the game where I would have given Otomei the bench. Because he's played, yeah. like, the last four games in a row. Um, yeah. And he still hasn't scored a goal. So maybe see what he's like as an impact sub. So give someone yeah. like Sam Fishburne the nod. You've got Alessandra coming back from injury Alessandra, as well. He would have taken. Yeah. He, he, he would have happily. Clough was on the bench as well. So there, there's plenty of people to have given 70 minutes to and then still play Otomi, yeah. but give him the last 20 minutes and see if that, you know, see if that gives him an impact yeah. as well. See if, he, if he's maybe more effective coming off the bench. But if you don't get to see that, then obviously it's another thing that we don't know. Yeah, I would have been more uh, more willing to give 
And I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I like him. I'll, I'll give Sam Fishburne a go up front with yeah. Patrick. The two of them would have uh, would have been in and around each other last year. Patrick and Fishburne doing a lot of shooting drills together in training. So, and it's two oh, different types, Fishburne two different been... types of attacker as well. Like Fishburne being you sort of like a, you hold them up, you pull the trigger type, you're you you dead ball finisher, you're in around the six yard box sort of menace, and Patrick being your get the ball down, run, look for the one-twos kind of attacker. It, it just offers that little bit, you know, of a different threat up front. What were you going to say, mate? I'll just say, I mean, um, my last season, Fishburne was kind of like deep, deep within the academy squad. You know, there wasn't even really much talk of him being promoted up to... So I don't think he'd have really done much or that much with Patrick. I don't know how often the academy and the senior team play together. It depends like on the manager like, normally. Yeah. From, from what I've from what I've been told by a lot of ex-pros is that it depends on the manager. Now, someone like Alex Mitchell, Alex Mitchell was because he's a goalkeeper as well, so your position can matter as well. So yeah. obviously, in a in a League Two team, you've only normally got two first-team goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, and but that's not always enough to be doing shooting drills and passing drills and everything else with all the first yeah. team at the same time. Or if you're doing positions as well, so if you're doing set pieces, you know, yeah. defensively, and you need someone for striking training. And then also goalkeepers need their own training as well. So the, the academy lads, Alex Mitchell said, I think from the age of about 15, he was getting called over to go and train with the first team. But that might also be because of the position that he was in on the pitch. Yeah. You know, you might just need the goalkeepers to do that extra training. Yeah. But, you know, I think Sam Fishburne, especially when it comes to being a striker and a shooter, um, shooting drills in training, you would just, you give, give him a chance to go over the first team and just see what he's up against. But again, all speculative. Don't know if that's 100% true. And I don't know how much he was in and around the first team training last season. But obviously this season, a lot of things have changed for him. And uh, I'd imagine he's there day in, day out now training with the first Team and uh, some of his old youth teammates have been on the move this week, but we'll move on to that a little bit mm -hmm. later on. We'll finish off the match craft that we've barely even started. I've already gone through the lineups for Carlisle United's game against Forest Green Rovers. Um, it's a 3 0 defeat, mate. We're not going to go into a crazy amount of detail on a 3 0 defeat because it doesn't make yeah. good content for us, Carlisle United fans, but obviously, we'll. Won't skip over some of the performances on the day. And Morgan Feeney had a bit of a day off. And, you know, I think it's two times now in the last three games that Feeney has yeah. made an error that has led to a goal. There isn't any really... Well, there is now that we've signed somebody. But at the time, not really any options to take yeah. Feeney out of the side, other than obviously putting Whelan into that position. But I don't think Millen is considering Whelan as a centre-back anymore. I think he considers him to be a defensive midfielder now, mm -hmm. which is fine. It's worked out really good for them so far this season doing that. Probably the most effective tactical move Millen has made when it comes to picking his starting 11s um, and dealing with just what he's got in front of him. Now, it only took 16 minutes, unfortunately, for Forest Green Rovers to break the deadlock against Carlisle United. It was a little bit of a... It is a little mm -hmm. bit disappointing. It was uh, a speculative 
ball in, which Feeney failed to sort of deal with. The ball may have bobbled, which might have led to it bouncing off Feeney in an awkward way, and then the ball going into the back of the net. Didn't seem to be anything Howard could really do about it, although, although maybe could have commanded his area slightly better before the ball came in, so he would have just collected it easily rather than Feeney even going for it in the first place. Now, I don't want to be too critical. Forest Green Rovers, top of the league, they're running away with the league. It is expected that a team who up until very recently were looking like relegation fodder, uh, and we're not completely clear of the mist either, by the way, mm. but... It's still disappointing to concede a goal in that way. And it's the opening goal, which it was against um, well, the last time that he made the same mistake. Uh, the last game we went to. Um, yeah, that was... Crawley. Um, yeah. Crawley. So it's a disappointment when the first goal you concede is from an error. Now, I don't want to slate Feeney. I feel like Feeney's been playing very well, but this might have been the time, I mean, for the next game anyway, that you might yeah. consider just, just giving him a break because he's been playing week in, week out. And, you know, he might, he might just need a break. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a different kind of error. Um, so, you know, Cross coming in and he puts it into his own net, facing his own goal. Uh, I'm not saying he's kind of... Um, blameless for it, but um, it's it, it's not quite the same as you know the error he made at Crawley where he just basically got caught on the ball. Um, this is kind of it, you know dangerous ball in towards goal. Um, Feeney has to do something with it. He could probably have done a lot better with it. It didn't look like you know it didn't look like it was one of them that bounced off him. It, you know he does get to put a foot to it and. If you look at where he's standing as well, he probably could have put that out for the corner. So yeah, you know, it it, yeah. it is an error. It's not it's not the same error. I don't think it's quite as bad an error, but um, no, I, it, it's yeah. it's it's more an in the moment kind of thing. This one, it's more yeah. of a, a lack a lack of reaction, a lack of judgment, a lack yeah. of decision making. Maybe you're right. When that ball's um, coming in, you've got to admit yeah. it looked like he was in two minds. Am I going to header it? Yeah. Am I going to try and get my leg on it? Am I, what am I going to go for to get rid of the ball? And then it yeah. looked like he went for a header at first, which meant he took his eye off the ball and then yeah. as he did that he changed his mind halfway through then tried to like sort of throw a limb towards it and then it just ran out of time to react so by the time it yeah. came off his limbs it was just you know too late and just caught between two minds and you've got a player like Morgan Feeney who is on paper and has been a very good performer for Carlisle United but yeah. also what you can't forget is that he's never in his career up until this point had a run in a first team playing senior men's football. So when it's going week in, week out for the first time ever, and you maybe, you know, these kind of mistakes are going to happen at yeah. this level of the game. So you don't want to criticise him too yeah. much, but these are important goals that his mistakes are letting in. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, he's, he's, he's 22 and he's got, you know, that run has to kind of come at some point. Um, mm. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, the error, it could just be a, you know, like a lack of finesse, you know, I mean, like, just like sometimes, sometimes the ball doesn't go where you try to kick it. Um, if you're kind of playing football with your mates 
down the park. That happens all the time because you've got a foot like a 50 pence piece and the ball just, just pings off anywhere. If you're a professional footballer, it happens more rarely. Still sometimes happens. Still yeah. sometimes, like, still sometimes, you know, you'll see a player attempt to pass or a long ball and the ball just goes nowhere near where they intended to go. And you can see from the look on the player's face, just fluff that one. You know, um, <laughs> so it, it it could just be that you know it wasn't necessarily so much of a mental thing. He had it all in his mind under control. I'm gonna. It does look like he's kind of stretching a bit to get to the ball, so maybe he didn't time his run or he, he wasn't alert enough. Um, but you know, he's kind of thinking, I'm gonna put this behind and just fifty pence foots it into the back of the net. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's exactly it, mate. Yeah, he probably all the intention in the world for us was him just to knock it out for some yeah. kind of corner or something like that. And it's just, yeah, it's just came too fast for him. Ran out of reaction time and fluffed it. Um, it yeah. happens at this level of the game. It happens. It happens. Happens. It happens at higher levels of the game yeah. as well. And so we'll move away from that one, mate. So it's one nil Forest Green as far as the match crap story is unfolding, and uh, that was it up until half time. Carlisle were actually growing into the game. To be fair, towards the end of the first half, after that goal went in, Carlisle started to push a little bit against Forest Green Rovers and maybe, you know, might have been a little bit unfortunate to go in at half-time, still 1-0 down. But when we came out for the second half, Forest Green, you know, they were the, they came out as league leaders, didn't they? They came out, they'd obviously had a bit of a team talk, they'd obviously had a bit of a refresh, a bit of a refire, a bit of a re-jiggle, reshape. And yeah. then they came out for the second half app Absolutely flying. The second goal, the fullback just tore through our defence um, from what I've seen. The fullback just was was weaving in and out and in and out and just tore through the defence. And, and, you know, it's a bit cheeky for, uh, what was it, Stevens, the attacker, to have stolen the ball off his foot just as he came to strike it. You know, the, the fullback did all the work, uh, dribbled the ball into the box, and Stevens literally just took yeah. it off his toe and pulled the trigger. <laughs> uh, but that's that's what you pay goal scorers to do, is score goals. So maybe the fullback yeah. would let him off with that one. <laughs> he'll take the assist, I've, or I've he'll have to take it. the assist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm watching it He's now. Just... And he, I, think, I, th- I think he loses... I think he loses control of the ball a bit. If you look at like, no, I think that's after, what the attacker wants. I think that's the attacker's excuse. <laughs> well, yeah, but if, if you look at where the ball there, is, yeah, yeah, but if you if you look at where the ball is before the uh, Stevens runs in and kicks it, uh, I, I, I don't know the name of the fullback, but he's kind of he's got his back to goal by this point because he's kind of turned slightly away from goal and the ball is kind of like slightly in front of him is 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 going to do well to get a shot away from that position because he's got to stretch to reach the ball and somehow hook it over his right shoulder so i think yeah. so obviously stevens is this is kind of like the skill that attackers have he's yeah. spotted is spotted the right that ball's there for me to hit i'm going to go hit it yeah, yeah, he's doing his job. He's doing his job. He's done his job. Yeah. Uh, but the fullback, really good run. Um, you might you might be able to criticise the Carlisle United defence. Nobody really came to him quickly enough to close him down. Um, when you're thinking about a Meller, you know, yeah. in, in, in those positions, you know, it might have been uh, a, a ball that he could have been able to stop. 
Um, or at least he would have took a yellow card or at least took the foul. He's got the experience to know when to sort of like bring those people down in those areas. Yeah. But yeah, just, 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 you know, it was a good run. It was a good run. I don't want to take too much away from Forest Green. I don't want to criticise yeah. Carlisle's defence too much. Sorry, my phone thinks I'm talking to it. I mean, the problem starts right away with just like the through ball to uh, Forest Green's number 25, um, which is just in acres of space. Um, again, like watching these highlights, you know, I don't know where Jack Armour was prior to this coming in. Um, but you can see like Jack Armour's a bit behind the the rest of the defensive line. And, you know, from then on, he's, he's got space to, contr- to get into the box. Um, the other defenders just have to leg it to him. And I think that's kind of like, that kind of is their undoing. I mean, you can see McDonald spots the danger and bombs over there, but then he's but then because McDonald's got momentum and the fullback, uh, number 18 actually is wearing uh, because McDonald's got momentum, it's easier to kind of skip it past him because mm. you know McDonald's not going to turn around that quickly. So, so that again is it's a problem that's created from the fact that he had so much space to run into. The, the other defenders have to absolutely bomb towards him to have any chance of stopping it, but then that makes them vulnerable to just having it uh, flicked past them, which he does, does well. And he, he looks like he's lining up for the shot and then he faints left and that's the point where Stevens comes in. Yeah. Uh, Stevens's 19th goal of the season so far for Forest Green Rovers. 19 goals, mate. Have we even scored 19 goals in the league this season? <laughs> uh, I think we've scored. Uh, I need to have all these windows open. I keep having the league window open and then I'll close it for, for whatever reason. And <laughs> <laughs> keep finding them and going backwards. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. But, I mean, uh, go on. Uh, we we have scored nineteen. Uh, so we scored <laughs> we scored the same amount of goals as Matty Stevens yeah. for Forest Green Rovers. Now that wasn't it for Carlisle United's defence. There was another goal to go sailing past the goalkeeper, and uh, probably this goal was the best example of a team that are top of the league and running away with it. Just relentless attacking. Carlisle cleared the lines momentarily, only to have the ball ran back at them and a lovely little through ball was played into uh, Matty, is it? The striker, into Matt, the striker. Jamil Matt, Matt, the striker. And he finished quite well. Um, Not a lot you could really say about that last goal. Forest Green just flexing the superiority a little bit there. Uh, Relentless in the sense that, you know, they just would just keep going at Carlisle's back line and then there was a clever little bit of one-two play that led towards the goal and and yeah that's that's a league leader looking like champions to me they're they're, they're looking really good Forest Green Rovers not a lot Carlisle's defence could have really have done other than maybe cleared their lines better than what they did. That's something that I've kind of I mean I think we've kind of talked about them not doing that before I can't remember which match it was specifically but um, just generally not clearing our lines properly, always being kind of vulnerable to it coming back in um, because, you know, if we we clear it 
but there's nobody to collect it. So it just comes it comes straight back because all our players are behind the ball. So the opposition can just bring it straight back into the attack and third. Or just fluffing attempts at clearances, half clearing it. Um, midfielders failing to get on it, which is what happened this time. Um, and just just that area of the pitch between the between our defensive third and the midfield, just being somewhere where opposition are just always kind of picking up the second ball in that area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is a bit of a problem area at the moment. And, um, well, Millen defensively seems to have his head screwed on, so hopefully he can identify that and, and rectify it as soon as possible. Just... It does matter at this level of the game. Teams will, if they've got the game plan to, they're just going to push and keep pushing and keep pushing at you. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you stay in your own half for too long in the League One, League Two and Championship levels, you don't retain possession. You know, you get caught because you don't have ball-playing defenders in League One and Two. You can have ball-playing defenders in the Premier League, but you don't get ball-playing defenders in League One and Two, or at least you don't get good enough ones to trust with playing balls through your defence <laughs> into the midfield. Um, mate, yeah, I'm not going to criticise Carlisle United too much for this result. I'm going to hand over to some of the Carlisle United supporters. I asked on the Facebook page, the Blue Army podcast Facebook page, what they thought of Carlisle United's 3-0 defeat against Forest Green Rovers. And we've got two comments, one of which is short and not at all sweet. Don Donaldson says not happy and that's where he leaves his comment just the two words not happy I think that's a little bit harsh but before we go on to discuss Don Donaldson's point of view I'll uh, tell you what Mark Badger Midlin thought of the game he said it was disappointing but they've run they are runaway leaders for a reason it was always going to be a hard game but put it behind us and move on to Sutton. Um, I agree with with both of them a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's never yeah. never a good thing to lose. Uh Shorten, not at all sweet from Don Donaldson, not happy. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, I think Mark has really stepped up and summed it up quite well. Yeah, I mean, there's two ways to look at the result, and I've seen both, you know, I've seen fans um talk, you know, uh describing both of them. Um I mean, one way you look at it is like uh, Forest Green have won 16 out of their 25 games. They're, you know, they're beating far better teams than us. And they've only conceded 21 goals, which is the second best defence after Tramia, who have conceded quite a few. But like um, <laughs> in a normal season where you don't have Tramia's ridiculous defensive records, Forest Green would probably would have the best defence with only 21 conceded. Scored 51. Got two high-scoring forwards. So, I mean, yeah, so there's two ways you can look at it. One is just that um, after a good run, we've come up against far and away the best team in the division at their place. And the, and the game has gone pretty much as you'd expect it. Um, but you can kind of like look deeper into our particular failings in this game and what we've done wrong, um, whether there was a lack of fight um, and also the fact that, so like, as we've said, like, uh, you know, as you've alluded to yourself, Forest Green in the first half was a bit there to be got at. 
and then you know went in one nil up and then came out in the second half and just kind of dominated. Um, but I've kind of heard the opinions of Forest Green fans as well, um, not regarding this game, but earlier in the season, so even before then, um, and they and they were saying that if anyone's going to beat us, it's teams that come out of the blocks fast and can maybe get a goal or even two because we quite often look fairly ordinary in the opening half an hour and only come in to, you know, and tend to kind of then just blow teams away in the second half if we're still in the game. But the game, but they're saying that the games that they have been beaten are games where half an hour in, Forest Green, as they usually are, they say, are still yet to get going, um, are already like 2-0 down or something. Yeah, I mean that's 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 been a that's been a, a, a bit of a, an effect of Keith Millen, I would say, is that like he has he has said in a few press conferences the way that he, he wanted to sort of instill a playing style in Carlisle is the fact that we just don't get out of the game, we stay in the game basically. Yeah, um, quite happy to draw games at home and away, but the whole point of the Millen game plan is just to stay in the game so you can steal it in the last yeah. like 10, five minutes of a game with a set piece, with a counter attack, with tired legs, with the right sort yeah. of game plan, dragging those teams down and grinding them to the point where hopefully they screw things up in the last sort of 10 to 15 minutes. And that's where we get the points. And that was quite evident from, from his early success at Carlisle United. He soaks up the pressure, soaked up the pressure, kept the mm-hmm. ball, didn't go for the long ball, kept the ball in possession, even though... We're not scoring goals. So if you keep position and you're not scoring goals, then you know you are just knocking it about your midfield and your defence, and it could become a bit of a snore fest to watch for yeah. the supporters. But the proof is in the pudding, and we're now what seven points away from the relegation zone with a couple of games in hand. So the proof is in the pudding uh, that it might be slightly more boring to watch. It's not as an attacking style. What? Beach was playing last year, not as exciting as what Beach was playing last year, but it is consistent and it is picking us up the points and it is doing what we need it to do in order for us to stay in this division, which didn't look that achievable uh, about two months ago. Um, yeah, playing in an attacking style, you kind of need the attackers to do that, which we currently don't have. So, um, you know, I can understand kind of Millen thinking, I don't want to kind of like race forward all the time if you know we don't really have anyone who is gonna take the ball there and put it in the net yeah and we'll see we'll see what Clough can do eventually hopefully otherwise that's just yeah. a big load of wages that have I'd like to see what, you know, what Millen can get out of Clough yeah, I'm curious to see I don't know how long Toure's out injured for but I'm just curious to see if Millen can get something out of Toure well, he's been training. He's been doing solo training. I've seen it on his yeah. Instagram. Like he's been training in the Neil Centre. If he comes back before the end of the season, I'm sure Millen probably wants to have a look at him. You know, before the summer, um, and you know he'll have, you know he'll have seen, you know, probably clips of some of Toure's better games with us, and you know it might be, you know, it might be the right kind of manager to to get that sort of performance out of Toure. So you never know. That could be a sort of coming towards the end of the season. That could be kind of an attacking option for us. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it would be an exciting process. It's like having a new signing, maybe, without having to make yeah. a new signing. Hopefully, you'll have that sort of, like, turnaround impact. And, yeah, it would be quite nice to just have, have that extra option up front for, like, the last 10, eight games of the season, somebody that can make an impact. Toure was always brought in as a player that is an impact player, somebody with yeah. some skills in his arsenal, and he's just never really been able to get going, maybe never felt the backing of the confidence from any of the managers that he's had since he has made that step into the Carlisle United team. And he hasn't really had a proper good sort of run to sort of see what he can do. He Maybe maybe, maybe he has, actually. You know, maybe he has had a run of like five or six games to sort yeah, of like very see what start, he can contribute. The very start of, the, of his time with us, um, you know, we kind of like... Last season, we started the season quite poorly, but Toure was kind of like the one who looked bright. And then and then as we improved, Toure kind of faded a bit. Uh, well, he lost his spot in the starting lineup. Still kind of popped on here and there. Didn't score. I think he scored like two goals and one, I think one of them was in the, um, the uh, pizza trophy. Mm. Uh, but, you know... You just never know, really, when you've got a new manager and a player that he's not had a chance to look at yet. A player that you know has some skills, um, whether you know whether that new manager is able to either he knows how to use him tactically, or he knows how to coach him and is able to do something different. Yeah, I mean. There is something about Torres' personality that makes me feel like maybe he's not. Um, what's the best words to say for Toure? Maybe he's not the most emotionally mature player at the club and in the dressing room. Um, it seems like he's had a couple of like bust ups in the past with with the competition in his position. He doesn't seem to feel very comfortable here. Which is why he's happy to sort of go out on loan. He's happy to go home to France for two months and uh, two weeks in the middle of the yeah. season. No, little moves like that don't necessarily scream professionalism in a footballer. Mm. It seems like he's quite an emotional player. Now, if Millen brings him back into the fold and he starts, you know, one or two games and doesn't score and then gets put back on the bench, is he just going to go back to having, you know, a bad personality to have around the changing room? Because obviously... He's had a bad enough attitude problem in the past for him to get moved away from the yeah. first team squad. So he's he's not affecting, you know, the the mentality of the first team squad. And he does seem, you know, a lot of footballers don't react to things on social media. And Jimmy Toure does react to things on yeah. social media. But he's also, you know, he's got 2,000, 3,000 followers. He's not got a million followers like Ronaldo does, but he's making those sort of like moves. He wants to get seen. He wants people to talk about him. He has got a yeah. bit of an ego. You know, you don't disappear to France and then make an Instagram post and tag your location on it unless you want to ruffle some feathers and, you know, create some news of some kind. You know, there are obviously Carlisle fans sitting at home going, well, what are you doing in France? It's yeah. Christmas. It's Christmas time. You need to be you know, an option on the bench. You know, it's congestive fixture list time of year. And this time last year, he was, you know, he was in France for a bit, but it didn't really matter in the end because we had that big old 
break around this time last year where we didn't play any football for nearly four weeks. Um, mate, we've had a good match crack. I don't think we can really give the man of the match to anybody uh, in that yeah. game, but we did give a man of the match to the midweek game, which we normally don't do. So I'm going to consider yeah. the scales balanced in that aspect of things. And we'll just crack on and move forward. And we'll look at Carlisle United's next league opponents who are Sutton United sitting pretty in the automatic promotion places in the league, a team that a lot of people wouldn't have thought would be occupying one of the automatic promotion places at any yeah. point. I mean, they're not there anymore. Season. Matches last night. Right, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like they're still sitting inside the playoffs and around those automatic promotion places and they're undefeated in the league so far this can pain uh this year sorry undefeated in the league this calendar year so they uh they've started the new year pretty well couple of draws couple of wins and i mean they are flying mate but they're not untouchable yeah. are they well no i mean no one really is um I mean, it's it's weird to think that you know they're up there. They've lost eight games in twenty six. We've lost eleven, so we've only lost three games more than they have. Hmm. So, like, it's and obviously, kind of, obviously, the difference is they're winning games, not drawing them. As well as you know, you convert those um, three extra defeats that we have, you convert them to wins, and that's like nine extra points. So, like, but you know, the margins, you know, it's not gulfs between teams. Forest Green aside, and maybe, maybe Oldham and Scunthorpe, unless things change there, um, you know, certainly Oldham, I think. Forest Green aside, there's not really gulfs between anyone in the team they're just like incrementally better the higher up you go mm. um, Sutton though did beat us 4-0 the heaviest defeat of the season last time out so and you know they are a good team and they're on good form so it's going to be a very tough game yeah it's another tough game coming up for the Cumbrians but I cannot predict a loss and I never will so, Carla United are going to beat Sutton by three goals to nil. We're going to backlash him. <laughs> we're going to backlash him. We're going to give him what we're going to give him what we owe them. That's All what right. we're going to do. What about you, uh, mate? What do you say? I'll, I'll, I'll go nil nil. That'll be a good nil, result. Nil. The nil nil, yeah. The fans fans won't like it because I think people are getting sick of us not scoring, but. You know, we don't really score, so <laughs> no, no. no, I mean, you'd, you'd hope, you'd hope, you'd hope playing at home there'd be a couple of goals, but that doesn't that doesn't mean anything this year at all. Yeah, there's just not, yeah. not a lot of goals going in, and who knows? By Saturday there might be another attacking option for Carlisle United, and um, you know, rather than starting rumours and uh, drip feeding some news, I'll just bash forwards and I'll do the news roundup, mate. This is the last little segment that yeah. we'll do before we. We finish off today. Um, so, yeah, as I sometimes do, I have been scouring the internet for Carlisle United News this week. And some of the articles that have drawn my attention are as follows. Josh Dickinson, uh, sorry, Josh Dixon has found himself being shipped out on loan to none other 
then the Workington Reds for a month-long mm-hmm. loan deal. Now, when you look at some of the other loan moves Carlisle United have been making over the course of this transfer window, you might have yeah. made the case that Josh Dix- Dixon has been um, shorthanded, maybe given a bit of a, a lesser of a challenge. But nevertheless, it is important that he really starts playing some men's football and just get some fitness because we've all been told about his potential. Yeah. We've just not been able to see any of it. Been a bit of a nightmare for him, the amount, you know, the injuries that he's had. Um did he have well he had he had one injury that kept him out for the whole season. Then did he have like a separate injury that kept him out for a different whole season. He's had an injury mm-hmm. this season as well. It's really disappointing for him. He does look I mean I've seen him play in preseason friendlies and he does look good. Obviously, with a caveat that things always look different pre-season. But, you know, he he looks like on a par with the likes of McCarran and Galloway and Branthwaite. Or, well, obviously um, Galloway never actually played for us, but um, all of which had potential and got their moves. Um, Branthwaite was excellent for us. McCarran was decent for us, but moved away before we could see kind of like any kind of breakout season. And I was like really hoping that Josh Dixon would have a breakout season, but he has picked up an injury and it's really, really tough on him. The fact that he's still around is testament to how much potential he's got because um, a, a young lad with less potential who'd had so many injuries probably would have gotten let go earlier. But, you yeah. know, we determined to keep him around because we would really like to see if he can, you know, to see if he has this potential. So I really, really hope that the move to Workington goes well for him. Um, You know, you never know. We could see him back here before the end of the season if it goes that well. Um, Obviously, you know, you're limited on how well it can go at a place like Workington because it's a lower, you know, it's a lower level than you might think or you might want but you know has the advantage of a club with good ties to Carlisle and he's able to still spend a lot of his time training with us so uh, just really really hope you know really really hope for him that um, you know his career can start taking an upward turn yeah I really hope so mate I really hope so like you said the rumours of his potential have been you know wetting the lips of many a Carlisle United fan for a couple of years now we've just not been able to enjoy what he can really do and hopefully you know this will lend itself to him not only playing some men's football but getting his fitness to where it needs to be to just jump back into a League 2 campaign if he gets called upon and um, yeah, well, I mean, I guess we'll just see how things go. But there's a bit of an update on how Josh Dixon's situation has been getting on at Brunton Park. Now, uh, one of the lads who came through Carlisle United's youth academy system didn't play for Carlisle United, but has been finding his feet amongst the uh, professional leagues of football. And Manchester City's Cumbrian-born goalkeeper, James Trafford, has been on loan at Bolton Wanderers. He's played two games professionally so far for Bolton Wanderers in goal. And it's one of those Dean Henderson situations, mate. If he cracks on and has a good career, we could be uh, financially rewarded quite nicely uh, for this one. But staying in and around goalkeeper news, um, 
Dean Henderson himself has said that he is willing to stay at Manchester United and fight it out for a first-team place, which as a consequence means that there will not be a large couple of million pound windfall heading towards Brunton Park uh, as part of a, 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 a sort of some kind of transfer percentage that you get when you when you found the player however that goes Mm. you know maybe because i mean he's you know he's probably looking at the goalkeeping situation at man u and thinking i mean de gea's coming to the end of his career and hasn't been overly consistent over the years he always seems like he's under some sort of pressure and it's just kind of thought you know i've got a chance to stake my claim and become first team keeper at man u um then Real Madrid buying for a hundred million. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, there's, there's no there's no expiry date on the on the percentages and things like that when somebody yeah. takes a player away from the youth academy. There's no expiry date on these clauses, um, so we could still yet to benefit. And uh, obviously, if he stays and plays at Man United before he gets sold, there's just more benefit yeah. for. For Carlisle now, if yeah, um, young the young lad that I was just mentioning there, James Trafford, if he can get himself a couple of games at Man City, I mean that'll be great. Um, but also in the same elk, if he if he continues to be loaned out, he might have a he might get signed by somebody, and there might be a few million in the bank coming through that way. So it's something to be said about the fact that Carlisle's sort of youth academy scouting systems have have really been what does seem to keep the modern club afloat at the moment is being able to find those young lads, get them trained to a certain standards and then lure in these, uh, these not necessarily big spending, all of these clubs, but you know, these clubs with the contacts that we have to sign these players up. And then that secures our financial future for the next, you know, X years going forward. And that seems to be the way we're doing things at the moment. And you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. We've got money coming in, which we previously hasn't been the case. And it's not the case when you keep bringing in players on loan and then just letting them go back to the clubs. When you bring through players, you get a reputation for bringing through players. And I think we're doing quite well as things stand at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, a few, there's a few clubs that have that reputation now, kind of like the likes of Exeter and Colchester. It, it, it used to just be crew that had that reputation, but... Thing like clubs uh, starting to think that this is how we need to do business now. So we kind of hopefully slowly kind of catching up to that. And yeah, with you know, you know, with Eric Kinder now back in the academy. So well, he's back. This is part time now, I think. But yeah, I mean, you know, he has a good reputation for bringing players through. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean. The future looks bright, right? The future looks yeah. pretty bright as far as as far as young players coming through goes. Uh, talking about players coming through, Carly United have signed teenage Southampton centre half Daniel Simiu, Cameroon born. He's the fourth signing of uh, the January transfer window. He's just on loan up until the end of the season. He's been seen to be a replacement for the Arsenal loanee Jonathan Dzeyi. Um, mm-hmm. although arguably has a better reputation, um, not necessarily a lot of first team appearances for anybody, but neither did Jonathan. And the fact that he's been 
brought from Chelsea's youth system and then signed over by the Saints for a price reported to be around 1.5 million last July. Uh, he's obviously held in quite high esteem by Southampton. He's played for both Southampton and Chelsea uh, in the yeah. English Football League trophy as a part of their under-21s sides. Um, he's been on the bench in the Premier League this season as well. So, you know, he is quite close to the Southampton first team, or he was quite close to the Southampton first team. They're obviously feeling that it's important for him to go out and, and pick up some games. And he's obviously eager to do that because if you're going from Chelsea to Southampton all the way up to Carlisle, you're obviously yeah. quite committed to playing football. Uh, I think I've made that uh, statement before. Mate, obviously it's another unknown player. Yeah. It's not the striker that everyone seems to be waiting for, but it's a smart decision, isn't it? Because I think we've already discussed today that, you know, Whelan seems to be getting designated as a midfielder these days, and that leaves a gap in the centre-back position because you've only got Hayden and you've only got um, uh, Feeney in there as sort of like registered professional centre-backs. and Feeney. Yeah, McDonald and Feeney. So it's a smart maybe decision. Need, yeah, maybe we need but to move Mellish back there. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's a smart decision. But yeah. I don't, I, I don't think it's gonna really. I don't think he's gonna push into the Carlisle United team. I think he's there in case we get an injury. I don't think Feeney and McDonald, that centre back pairing, needs to be disturbed. They seem to have quite a good relationship going between the two of them. Obviously. Yeah, like we've already mentioned, Feeney's yeah. made a few mistakes. That might mean that there's a little bit of fatigue, a little bit of lack of confidence. He, maybe he just needs a break uh, and a shot in the arm to sort of be like, right, we're going to drop you out the team. And then when you're sitting on the bench watching somebody play in your position, it naturally just picks your game up. It naturally just sparks your, your competition. And, yeah. um, and hopefully that'll be a lift for, for Feeney. And he can push both of those defenders, McDonald and Feeney, into making slightly better performances because at the moment there isn't really any competition for either of them. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's, it's another Premier League team and I think I've already kind of, like, talked about, like, you know, when we brought in Otamoy um, and, you know, it just looks like a like-for-like replacement for Dinzei. Um, the other thing, you know, but the kind of, like, things can kind of be a bit more optimistic is that, He's a bit more further in his career than Dinzey is. I don't think he's any older, but um, you know, he, he has had, you know, he's been on the bench at least in Southampton. So, you know, whereas Dinzey was just still just playing academy football until he came to us. Um, if you've seen him in the pictures, he looks quite built. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he he looks fit and he looks strong. Whereas I think Dinzey was still had a very kind of like. Teenage um, yeah, yeah, the teenage physique. Um, you know, uh, Simeu, you know, he he looks fit and strong. And also, I just like, I had this kind of big thing about teenagers coming from the Premier League when he signed Otomoi, but he, he looks a lot better than that Otomoi does. You know, um, you know, whatever his prospects are for us this season is... You know, he's, he's, he's coming to be part of the team and to be, you know, to uh, to be part, you know, to be one of those who's really kind of pushing to 
to be our main striker. Um, so I think kind of credit goes to Keith Millen that he's kind of is is bought in a Premier League team, but one who isn't like a Premier League team in Ottomoy. So hopefully he's done it again with Simeu. Yeah, I mean, it's putting the effort in, uh, Keith Millen. He's, he's said that he's driven down to Southampton twice to watch yeah. this lad play. And uh, he's obviously been having a couple of meetings with him. So he's been in around, he's done the footwork. He's not just taken the lad off the reputation that he's got. He's put the effort yeah. in to go and see him. Southampton's a hell of a drive and you've got a full-time job yeah. as well to be fitting. Well, it's part of his job, I suppose, in a way. But it's it different is, yeah. to sending a scout. And he won't live in Carlisle. I don't know where he lives, yeah. Yeah, it's different to sending a scout all the way down yeah, yeah. there, uh, doing it yourself, and then actually talking to the player because you'd imagine if 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 this lad's uh, uh, got a good reputation, we weren't the only team that would have been interested in taking him until mm-hmm. the end of the season. So I think it's I think it's I think it, on paper it looks like a good sign in, but like I said, I wouldn't expect him to be stepping into the first team week in week out. I think he's there to to cover in case of suspension and injury and things like that. The, the last bit of news that I've got, and well, we've been rambling for a bit today, but the last bit of news that I've got um, is the fact that Gary Dicker, former Carlisle United midfielder, Gary Dicker has retired this week from professional football. Gary Dicker had a bit of a, um, I don't know how you'd say, a bit of a whimpering end to his career. He was happily playing for the Brighton under-23s side uh, alongside a coaching role that he had with the Premier League club. But for the last Mm -hmm. two years, he's been playing as the uh, Brighton-designated over-23 player and um, just been playing academy football, basically, for the last two years while he's been uh, coaching over there at Brighton. So, yeah, I mean, Gary Dicker, a player that scored a hell of an audacious strike uh, for Carlisle United during his time here. Um, if you want to see that, just Google Gary Dicker, Carlisle United. Yeah. You'll see one of the best volleys you've seen at this level of the game for a very long time. Wills, any fond memories of Gary Dicker? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the goal that you talk about. Um, also, um, <laughs> remember, well, um, the thing with him and Billy Painter, less fond memories of Billy Painter, but then yeah. they both scored, but then they both scored in that game to kind of keep us in the league. Um, yeah, the Plymouth Dicker, game. Uh, yeah, Dicker obviously felt he was a bit more kind of like gracious with it, where Billy Painter almost wanted to rub it into the Carlisle fans that he'd scored. But um, yeah, no, I was kind of like uh, Gary Dicker. I remember when we um, let him leave to in Kilmarnock, I think it was. Um, you know, and it was it was as if we just let Lionel Messi leave <laughs> some of the comments from the Carlisle fans. Um, yeah. It was like it was it was brought in with a good reputation. And uh, you know, if you're if you're a young Carlisle United fan, you sometimes uh, rate the players based off their FIFA ratings or their football manager ratings and things like that. <laughs> Which, you know, when they're not playing week in, week out, but they're the best player in your FIFA team or something, the two things don't compute. And Gary <laughs> Dicker was one of those players where on FIFA and football manager, he was one of the more highly rated players. So the young section of the fans go, this is our best player. Well, why, why is he not playing? But there was a lot of things that went down this season. He was a part of that sort of controversial player revolt um, over extra yeah. training under Keith Curl that whole thing that kicked off. And yeah, I mean, 
it was <laughs> it was a weird time that time that Gary Dicker was with the club anyway. Yeah. That transition between Kavner into Curl and uh, just just the survival uh, campaigns that were around those times as well. Um, Wills, thank you so much for joining yeah. me You're for welcome. the podcast. Thanks this for having week. me. Oh, absolute pleasure, mate. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've got, we've got to, cr- I've got to crack on with the rest of the day, get this bad boy edited, and and push on. Um, so yeah, uh, that's enough from us this week. It is now five to twelve in the morning, January twenty sixth. This episode will be released by about five o'clock, and uh, I hope you're enjoying them. I really do. Every single Wednesday, five pm, there's a new episode of the Blue Army Podcast. This has been episode fifty two, and I have been joined by the lovely. Wills, and all we really have left to say is uh, bye for now. Bye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.